Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. It's hump day. Woo-woo! Hump day? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Big thanks to Mountain America Credit Union as well. Get 0% interest on all purchases through May of 2020 with the new Mountain America Credit Card. For details, visit macu.com or call 1-800-748-4302. Mountain America Credit Union, proud title sponsor of The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. I'm hanging out with you, of course, at our studios of Vivint Smart Home Arena. Gordon, social distancing at the Monson Estate. Gordon, how are you? I'm hanging in there, Jake. Uh, usually when we start the show, we give out a weather report. That's what we used to do. Now we check on each other's health. We check on our listeners' health. We certainly hope that uh, everybody is uh, hanging in there and doing the best they can under these really, really um, extraordinary circumstances. Extraordinary. Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Unique. Yes. Yeah. So how is your health, Gordon? You doing Okay. Yeah, I'm hanging in there uh, trying to, to be smart and safe and and uh, hope uh, my particular loved ones are in that similar condition. And we hope all our listeners, Jake, you and Austin, everybody, we hope everyone is uh, staying sound physically and uh, and mentally, too, for that matter. Uh, through this this period of time, man, I tell you, it's on my mind even more than usual because earlier today, as I was doing research for the show, and Jake, I'm sure you saw this video as well from Carl Anthony Towns talking about his mom, who uh, is in a coma after getting coronavirus. Um, it's it's heart wrenching. It really is. And those who are minimizing this still need to wake up and and take it very, very seriously. This is affecting adversely far too many lives. It is. I I do think there are some good signs out there about uh, how people are uh, are handling things. And uh, even right here, especially right here in our community, as uh, we continue to get more and more tests out there and uh, our percentage of positive tests, Gordon continues to to, uh, stay kind of flat at five percent. That's a great stat, especially as uh, as more tests are being reported. So uh, I know, uh, you know, of course, we'll uh, uh, practice and preach so social distancing and responsible behavior on this show. But I also want to, you know, tell folks they're doing a good job. And, and you know, I I believe there is some optimism to be had out there. So I want to make sure, you know, we convey some of that as well. 
Well, I got to give credit to you, Jake, because you've been saying this for a couple of days now that in your opinion, based on your own research and what you've been keeping up on, uh, that testing really is a huge key to this whole thing. So if they are getting more tests and having uh, some good news as far as percentages go, then then that makes me happy to hear that. And I, you know, I'm trying to stay focused on our our own community because I fear, you know, if you just stay glued to what's happening in other places like like New York or Seattle, where it's significantly different, I think you can, you know, get yourself, uh, you know, a little out of whack. I think it's important to keep focused on what's going on in our community. I've been very impressed uh, with our community leaders and uh, their updates and the information. Uh, I was telling you a little bit. I think I mentioned this on the air, but but I was telling you off the air, Gordon. My brother lives uh, in a small community in Colorado where communication there and um, is not terrific. I mean, it's small town, so, you know, they don't have the avenues to, to communicate like we do. And, and, you know, they're a little bit more in the dark and it's a little bit a little bit scarier for them. I think our community has really done a good job about communicating openly. And that's what I'm trying to focus on the the very most is, uh, you know, Dr. Dunn and what Spencer Cox and they're doing these daily briefings. And uh, I think it's it's good to stay focused on what's going on with us and, and handle what's happening in our community. Yeah, and I'll give a shout out to my uh, to my colleagues over at the Salt Lake Tribune. Many of them are out on the front lines as well, trying to provide information for listeners. And uh, those those guys and gals, whoever, deserve a lot of credit for being out there and trying to find information to pass along. And it's not just folks at the Tribune; it's people all around uh, who are trying to inform the best they can, and uh, in our case, inform and entertain, and uh, sort of uh, that, that, that two-fisted aspect to this whole thing, trying to inform people but not freak everybody out or bring everybody down, uh, try to help folks uh, get by this time as best they can, and uh, maybe have a chuckle or two along the way. That never hurts. I don't think that hurts good to laugh a little you know even in the in straight into the face of uh of difficulty oh well i i think there's real value in in keeping people you know calm and you know level-headed i guess is a good way to do it and and i'm you and I, or you're probably like me, Gordon. I mean, there are definitely times when I have to take a break from all the news. I was talking to Austin about this before the show. I think it's it's healthy to get distracted uh, a little bit and, you know, good for the overall well-being, right? And, and to keep a level head, which is what we all need. And hopefully we can be a little bit of that distraction. And after all, and we talked about this yesterday, it's kind of the great I- irony because sports is, is that for so many people. It's that great distraction. It's something to get involved with. It's not real life. And it's just ironic that we're going through a world without sports. But hopefully we can kind of fill that void, you know, Gordon. Hopefully we can still keep that going at least a little bit. Yeah, and that's really important, Jake, as we've talked about in the past. We're not going to ignore the fact that this is going on and talk like like it's just a normal midweek uh, time period. This is uh, obviously on everyone's mind. But you're right, man. It is so important to take a break from it to get away from it a little bit, especially since the information, some of the information is coming out at a a slower pace. And so why go back and revisit the same thing and just stir up more worry 
take a break from it and have some fun with us today. That's that's what we hope we'll be able to accomplish with everybody. I thought along those lines, I thought it was interesting, and we'll get into all this these various topics as the show goes on, but I thought it was interesting. Did you see Scott Boris's uh, solution for baseball? What was it? Essentially, and he's the super agent. Many of our listeners of know who Scott Boris is. Uh, well, I think he runs the world, doesn't he, Jake? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he runs every person in Major League Baseball that you would consider a superstar. So he's got to be worth zillions, right? Well, I was thinking, you know, maybe I don't know Trump, and then maybe Putin. Is that and then Boris? And then Boris. Is that how it goes? Is that the order we're in? I I don't know. Where where do you put yourself in that that ranking? Uh, come on. Where where's uh, Watson there? Way, gotta, way down, above, way down at the you bottom. You got to be of that above list. Putin, right? Uh, I, I mean, I'm at the bottom of the list for my own household, you know. So, but uh, you don't want to hear my humility, right? No, no, because I don't. You know, I, you I don't. don't what? I don't think you believe that. I actually think that's true, but I don't think that you believe that. <laughs> I try. Not, I try not to believe it, but it's it is true. I think it's true, uh, but I don't think you believe it. Indeed. Well, Boras was suggesting that. Uh, that you know they they want to maintain the 162 game schedule right uh, for the integrity of the league and whatnot and his plan his schedule takes uh, the postseason straight through December and and the World Series would be decided on Christmas right around Christmas so how does that this sound to you as far as a holiday gift being able to watch baseball now i don't know exactly what his plan would be if uh if you know it's in a super cold weather city uh, that's involved in it like maybe they'd have to move it to a remote location you know where it's not snowing hmm. that would probably be a good idea right but how would you like to see the world series wrapped up on christmas day uh, that'd be weird. I, you can't do that for the exact. Imagine if uh, I don't know the Yankees would have a good shot at, at making the World Series. Right? You can't play a World Series game in December <laughs> in New York. Well, I guess they can... played the Super Bowl there a few years ago, but that that was running a risk. Right? They can't do can that. Can you move it somewhere else? What have a have a home game in Tampa? Even though you're the Yankees? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if, you could. Well, you'd have to even that somehow because if one of the teams was from a warm weather city and the other one wasn't, uh, that would be disadvantageous for either side. And if you moved it for the cold weather city, then obviously they wouldn't have the same home field advantage uh, as uh, the other guys. So, you know, there are some things that would need to be worked out in this plan. But I, it it started. It's making me, and I've already been thinking outside the box but this whole idea of our traditional seasons for sports i think might be flying out the window here just flying and 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 maybe for good reason chuck it out the window who cares if we can get these seasons in somehow and it it takes on a different look Uh, i know that is limiting to some sports i get that but i mean let's think outside that box would sports fans accept a sport that they normally 
would uh, be deeply involved in as far as their rooting interests and whatnot during a certain part of the calendar be able to shift to the opposite side of the calendar and get into those sports in the same way? You couldn't do that with baseball, right? I mean, you just couldn't. Because baseball already starts, I mean, we're already in spring training for baseball, right? Baseball, uh, when would opening day be this week, next week? Yeah, but it's all been delayed. No, no, no. I know it has, but I'm, I'm just saying the traditional calendar, as you were talking yeah. about. I mean, uh-huh. what, what you really – I mean, I don't care what Scott Boris says. You can't be playing baseball in, in January. You just can't. I mean, they're pushing it with October. It was going to be tomorrow. What if – what was it? Yeah, opening day was going to be tomorrow. Well, okay. How about how about if the guys kind of uh, Gore-Tex up, for lack of a better uh, – you know, they, they put on that uh, warm stuff you can put under your uniform so your body functions the, the same even in colder weather. I mean, I've seen, I've seen guys surfing out in 50, 40-degree weather. Because you don't want to be attending a baseball game in Milwaukee in January. You can bundle up. Oh, listen to you, Press Box Boy, who hasn't bundled up for an outdoor sporting event in decades. Come on. Need we get into the outdoor Press Box situation? In Oregon, where, oh boy, I'm cold. (laughs) In Eugene. (laughs) <laughs> and the same thing over at Rio Tinto. I've always, I've always said, you can't play soccer with frozen balls. You, you just can't do it. And I, I don't personally like the uh, the idea of moving the NBA into the summer. I just don't. I why I like it as a. It's an indoor sport. I you ha, you can play it during the winter time, and I just think. Uh, under I don't know. These I circumstances, wanted... I'd have no problem with it. Oh, under you these know? circumstances, sure. But you were talking about a, a kind of a permanent shift, were you not? Or were you just saying just to get well, everything b- in? Both. I mean, I was talking both. I, I've suggested both. Um, uh, earlier, I had written about, you know, the idea of having the NBA season start uh, after the holidays. And uh, that, that doesn't sound horrible to me. And certainly under these circumstances... I have no problem if the NBA could start up again in June, into June. Oh, do it! No, I'll, I'm I'm I with you. I would take that in a heartbeat. I'm with you temporarily. I don't think I don't think baseball can can move its season back. I really don't. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, um, but I I think the NBA has a lot more flexibility. Sure, um, and then maybe it affects the start date of next year. But I know there's been conversation out there about an overall shift, and I'm not in favor of that. I just for personal reasons more than anything else, I suppose. But I mean, in in these times, Gordon, where we just we want to get, I mean, if, if for economic reasons alone, we want to get in as much uh, uh, basketball as we possibly can. Yeah, I'm absolutely in favor. Let's move some stuff around. Let's do it. Okay, so okay, that's for this particular circumstance. What about what is it that you would have a problem with if there was a if there was a permanent shift or at least discussion of a permanent shift, say for NBA basketball to start in at the beginning of January? What would be your major issue with that? Because the summer, the NBA in the summer, I mean for one it would uh it would bump into international play. So, I mean that would make that 
uh, much more challenging. And I would hate to see a circumstance like soccer where you take a break from your <laughs> season forever because folks have to go play overseas. I think it's it's convenient uh, where it's at. Plus, I think the NBA offseason is actually perfect for the summertime lifestyle where you are doing vacations and those sorts of things and the kids are out of school and you're less dialed in. It, it's just a fit with the way that they dominate the summer with news and summer league and kind of those and the draft and those less formal things. It seems to fit into the lifestyle better, in my opinion. Now, I get the point that you're competing with football in the fall, but you're going to be competing with something in football at some point, regardless of what you do. So, And, and that doesn't really affect yeah, me you, you would, Well, maybe a little bit, you know, the playoffs maybe. Yeah, but, but people, a lot of people don't lock into the NBA season until after football's over anyway. We, we, we're locked in, but some people, a lot of fans uh, are fairly absorbed by football. What's the Jazz sellout streak at now? I, I know, I but I've even, even back when Stockton and Malone were playing, the, the, there were empty seats in the arena uh, in the early going. So and would you rather have your fans not into the beginning of the season or the end? Well, why wouldn't they be into your season at the end? Because it's the summer and everybody is off doing other things. Oh uh, yeah, but come on, I I, I don't think uh, I don't think viewership or attendance would suffer in the summer. Well, uh, I think it doesn't now because it's the playoffs and the finals, and it's at the beginning of the summer. Okay, but if you had if you ended up if you finished the playoffs by the end of July, and you could take care of all your off season but uh, stuff in uh, in uh, you know. August, September, uh, especially August, I would think, because August gives you a, a real wide open window where people don't really care about preseason football, I don't think. Uh, that would give you a prime time. I, I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out here, man. No no judgment. We're brainstorming. Uh, I'm just telling you what I, I'd like to see personally. Plus, I mean, in the summer, I want to go outside. It's why baseball is such an unbelievable summer sport it's because it's an excuse to get outside and enjoy you know it's a great part about basketball in the winter time it's something that you can go do indoors it's why for years i i was convinced that uh, college basketball up in logan at the spectrum was so very popular because when it's five below how many things how many options do you have to do it's great to go see a basketball game you know when it's beautiful outside don't you want to go outside yeah, but you can go outside. You can still go outside. You can still catch a game every once in a while. Okay. All right, buddy. I'm just I'm giving Can't you my you? personal I, I opinion. I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that this be done automatically just because. Uh, it's just making me think with all these adjustments that maybe uh, had to make. Uh, then you know it's just it's just something on my mind right now. And I and I it's interesting that in our routines and our yearly annual routines we we do certain things according to a certain pattern but now this coronavirus thing has us a lot of us thinking uh a little differently than in typical circumstances all right coming up right around the corner gordon uh we had a chance yesterday to hear the press conference or teleconference or zoom conference or whatever you want to call it from uh, byu head coach kalani satake he talked about his quarterback battle and uh, we'll let you hear those comments, and we'll get some thoughts. Oh, excuse me. This was not from his Zoom conference. This was from uh, DJ and PK this morning. So we'll get these comments coming up next. Stay tuned. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Slow-mo Joe. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. PK. 
The NBA has yet, to my knowledge, used the word cancellation. It's just used the word postponement. What do you do in the meantime to be mentally and physically prepared for whenever that day comes? That's the hardest part is there's no timetable or whatever of return. It's just said postponed and we don't know much more than anybody else. I wouldn't see it starting anytime soon. Obviously, we hope it does. We want to come back. Obviously, we want to play and they're obviously doing what we can. We can't go to the facility or anything like that. So just staying as ready as you can at home and they just kind of wait for us for further notice. Oh, yeah. Catch Jazzman Joe Ingles with DJ and PK every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go, Chad! Turn it up. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Today, the spinners selected by Austin and brought to you by Live Nation. Excuse me, selected by Gordon and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. I apologize, Gordon. I did not hear you request the spinners today. I, I just assumed it was Austin. Well, it doesn't matter. Any particular reason for the spinners? Any any inspiration here? No. None. Just felt like it. Okay, uh, I got it. You out. know, the spinners make me miss my days facing uh, shelves at a uh, Bowman's grocery store in Kaysville. Okay, why it's is good that? grocery store music? The oh. spinners. <laughs> Did they play that a lot at the store? It just seems like easy listening. Yeah, it is yeah. easy listening. Yeah, all right. Yeah, that's good. We need some easy listening in our lives, right? We need some spinners. Good selection, Gordon. Good job. Uh, latest up, by the way, latest update on the mock drafts that I've been giving you uh, nearly daily. Jordan Love and the latest mock draft I'm looking at here, going with the ninth pick to the Jacksonville Jags. <laughs> it changes every day. He's not beating out the mustache. I don't think that. That uh, I don't think that. Uh, <laughs> he's not. That mock draft's not right. The Jags are set at quarterback for a generation. Are you kidding? With Minshew? Minshew Mania? <laughs> How'd that go last year? It wasn't the most consistent ride in the world, was well, it? he was all right, though. I mean, he beat out Nick Foles, who's now the quarterback of the Bears, so that's not bad. <laughs> Plus, they had, okay. were they paying Nick Foles like $20 million? So they had every incentive to, to play him over the mustache, and the, the mustache prevailed? Come on now. All he does is... That's uh, not happening. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Fine. Uh, never Never mind. Let's continue to talk quarterbacks, though, shall we? Uh, Kalani Satake was on with DJ and PK this morning, uh, and he talked about his quarterback battle, the race for the quarterback position, and uh, where it sits right now. As you head into training camp, and hopefully that's in August when we get to that point, we'll find out. But as you approach that and the start of that, how will this no spring ball affect the quarterback competition? I don't know if it'll affect it that much. I mean, I think that it delays uh, some of the things that we were, you know, we were getting Baylor back. He's getting healthy again. And, um, 
Jaron was starting to really come along. Zach was doing some great things, um, starting to have do some things. He just seemed a lot more settled and 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 um, more comfortable in the scheme and and more connected with our players. So it just seemed like you remember he had that injury last year, so he had some time to. to this is this is something that. And the year before, it was a true freshman, so it was nice for him to kind of be comfortable, kind of going into spring with with a, kind of a, at his own pace. And 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 uh, you know, we saw some huge improvements from all three of those guys in spring. But I, I I think that once we get to the fall, we'll feel we kind of have an idea of where we're headed, and and the guys that we have that can help us win. And and knowing uh, sometimes the way football works, if we feel comfortable with the depth that we have at that position and other positions as well. All right, well, Gordon, li- yes. read through the lines, buddy. Who's starting? Zach Wilson. I think so, too. He said, we already know kind of the way we're heading. That is a huge, huge uh, vote of confidence for Zach Wilson, and, and, uh, if, if we're reading it right. The other thing is that I think the shortened spring practices and whatever's going to be interrupted over this period of time – automatically gives the advantage to your incumbent starter because the other guys were going to have to really show that it was their job to have, and now they have much less of an opportunity to do that. Yeah, I I think your read is is pretty right on the money. Um, it is more difficult for somebody challenging for it. And this is where my mind goes, is your other guys aren't going to transfer either because you've got them <laughs> for different reasons to, uh, to stick around the program. Baylor Romney's married to a soccer player, if I'm not mistaken, uh, there at BYU. So there's a little incentive to stick around. And Jaron Hall plays baseball. So... You know, he's got kind of another thing going. So neither one of them, I think, are really high transfer risks. So I think Coach Itaki probably wants to have a deep quarterback room. I'm sure he does. And uh, I, I think all three of those guys are going to stick around. But, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, less time to uh, upset the incumbent, probably advantage incumbent. Well, when you look at it, uh, obviously Zach Wilson, after what he showed early in his career at BYU, people were excited about him. And, you know, it's just so typical of, of college football where people sing these glorious praises. And maybe we all are guilty in some respects of this. But really, you can't really talk in these declarative statements about these guys until they, they actually prove it over a period of time. And Zach was banged up a little bit. He was injured. Uh, and uh, Jaron Hall, I mean, he's a fine athlete, terrific athlete. But between the playing baseball and the uh, concern over con- concussions, that, that comes into play. And Bailarama hasn't even been able to play. He's recovering right now so it the the main thing as far as i'm concerned with zach wilson is he has to be smarter he has to learn to read defenses a little better and know when to take a risk when not to take a risk and i hate to sound all kyle whittingham here but you can't have your quarterback turning the ball over at key moments the way uh happened with zach uh, in a couple of occasions last year uh, I always feel for quarterbacks in that regard because, one, they've got a slew of angry defenders coming at them, and the protection is there sometimes, and sometimes it's not. And a guy has to 
trust his receivers to be where they should be. And as you deliver that ball, sometimes something else is breaking down that isn't a quarterback's fault. And so sometimes those turnovers shouldn't be just hung around the necks of the of the quarterback. But uh, he does need to be more careful when he makes his decisions, make sure that ball goes where it needs to go, and avoid those key turnovers that uh, plagued him a bit last year. I um, I don't necessarily think you're wrong, Gordon. In fact, you're probably right. But it, isn't that a far cry from the old BYU quarterbacks of, of old where you, you throw conservatism out the window and you just go out there and sling it? You know, Ty Detmer threw a slew of interceptions, but they didn't 20, care. 28 interceptions, yeah, I think, they the were year scoring, he won the Heisman. They were scoring like 60 points a game. You know, nobody else was uh, nobody was going up to time being like, "Hey, a little little careful out there." And saying, oh, oh I think they probably did. It's like that story I've always told about Steve Young when he was playing Georgia, and he threw an interception, comes off the sideline, and Lavelle says, "Don't worry about it." And then he throws another one, comes off the side over the sideline. Uh, I don't worry about it. Steve comes over after a third interception. Uh, Steve, uh, are you worried about it? He said, "No, not at all." And Lavelle says, "Well, when are you going to start?" And, you know, I, and I think it worked out okay for Steve Young. Last I checked, I I, I think he turned out to be pretty good. So maybe yeah, we should did. we should listen to Steve here. I mean, I, I, get, well, I, I guess get what I, you're saying. Yeah, I get only, what you're saying. But you still, in key moments with the game on the line, you can't be throwing those picks. I got it. But at the same time, isn't Zach Wilson isn't part of what has made him good so far? Is he's a gamer and he he gets out there and he's aggressive and he's going to go play his game. And I I think there's some val I think there's some value to that. Now, if you say, "Hey, you need to go out there and be smarter," you know, I think you could tell every quarterback that. And as he ages and gets a little bit older, I think his decision making will get better. Like we've seen, uh, I I always say Brian Johnson. I think was such a, a great example of that, where his numbers when he was a sophomore and first getting the starting job were amazing, but he was making really bad decisions. And obviously, by the time he was done at Utah. I mean, he he made every right decision in the book. So I I think that'll get a little bit better as Zach gets older. But you know, they they've got to be careful down there, Coach Roderick. You know, they've got to be careful not to not to um, squash that aggressiveness because I do think at Utah, and you make that comparison to Wit. I think at Utah, they've taken some quarterbacks and they've strangled the confidence right out of them with that fear of making a mistake or throwing an interception. And so I guess you got to find that delicate balance, right? Because and here's the, here's the other thing about that, and I have great respect for A. Rod. I, I think he's, you know, there were some people when he was at Utah who got all over him. I, I just think he's a really bright football mind, and I believe, I believe that he wants to open up that offense down there. Remember when Grimes first took over, how conservative he was being and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I think they're to the point now where they have things installed in a way. Uh, that they are ready to open it up like you were talking about. Uh, You know, they didn't exactly end the season on a bright note last year, but I I think they want to be – they want Zach Wilson to be a threat in every quadrant of the field. Doesn't mean that they're going to throw the ball 75 times a game. In fact, I think that would be a major disappointment uh, for the coaches down there if that were to happen. But they want defenses to be worried about the ball being delivered in every quadrant so that the defense has to be aware all over the place. And if you have a quarterback, if you're telling your quarterback just to nickel and dime defenses and be overly cautious, 
unless you've just got a stud running back who's going to rush for 1,500 yards, that can be problematic. And I think, I, I think BYU likes the running backs they have down there, and they think they can be effective with that. But I'm not sure they have an All-American in that backfield. And so that puts pressure on the quarterback to be able to move the ball around and, 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 and serve a whole lot of purposes. Short yardage situations, long yardage situations, that's going to be on BYU's quarterback this year. So the other guy's going to have to circle up and, and uh, come through, not drop passes, don't fumble the football, don't miss blocks, uh, at least not in any consistent manner, and, 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 and make the thing go. And that's going to be interesting to watch if uh, with if we're lucky enough to have a season. You know, on your running back point, Gordon, I think all they need to do is suit up the running back's coach and see if they could sneak him out there. <laughs> Probably has some uh, production left in the old tank, but might get in trouble for that. And, and then you know they've got weapons, though, Gordon. I mean, I, I I believe that. I think the I think the Bushman has been underutilized somewhat over the past mm. couple of years, and you'd like to see that kind of connection go and then they've got some receivers out there and Baylor's brother Gunner is the one that comes to mind uh, first for me that I think has some unseen you know potential and so I I do think that there are some weapons the offensive line is going to be really good I mean I'd like to see the aggressiveness from the BYU offense go up a level maybe that's not realistic but I I would like to see that happen and I'd like to see them give Zach or I guess whomever the the quarterback is but them the confidence that they can go out there and be aggressive because they got to move the football and and I think we've seen that at times okay so work with me here Jake okay uh in talking with Harvey come on say it in what you want me to talking with Harvey in talking with Harvey Harvey oh sorry I see what you're doing yeah sorry I'm a little slow all right. He he made it very plain and clear to us when we uh, interviewed him that they want a back in that backfield who is going to be versatile, going to be able to pass protect, going to be able to run the football, going to be able to catch it. They want to throw to those backs, too. They want to be able to do that when they need to. They just can't do it all the time. Some of those guys are going to have to get deep. They're going to have to be that threat. And I think these quarterbacks that BYU has, they all have strong enough arms to be able to take advantage of those circumstances. And so if Jeff Grimes and and A-Rod have enough confidence that their quarterback is not only has the physical ability, but, uh, you know, follows the uh, philosophies of Mike Leach, who uh, he's always wanting his quarterback first and foremost to make good decisions, that then BYU will will be on to something, I think, even against a very difficult schedule this year. They have to be able to move the ball. Yep. They, they just have to. Uh, no kidding. Every team does. I get it. But especially in the case of BYU, they, they, they have to be proficient offensively. And with a quarterback, with a slew of quarterbacks now who know what a, they have a frame of reference, Zach Wilson, if he's ever going to be good, this is the coming season to do it. Uh, he he has the opportunity. He's got the knowledge now. He should have the seasoning and the maturity, and he should have the health to make that happen. Uh, we'll see if it does. Just don't ruin him by making him scared to throw the ball. Don't ruin him by making him scared to make a mistake. How many times have we seen that? Let that guy go cut it loose. He just needs okay, to be a so, little smarter. Okay, but where do you draw the line? Let's say 
you know, let's say he throws a, a couple of picks a game. You're gonna is that going to be all right? And what if he throws a pick? And I'm not picking on Zach here. This is true for any one of those quarterbacks. How how forgiving are you going to be, especially when you know you have guys behind them who can win games? Am I scoring enough points to beat a good defense like Arizona State? I mean, that's what they got to concentrate on. You you mentioned the schedule, and you're in t- you're totally right. It is brutal, and they're going to have to score points. And if that comes with mistakes, I mean, so be it. But, you know, they're going to go up against some good defenses and they're going to go up some, uh, against some really good offenses. And it's not going – they're not going to be able to get by on 13-10. to 10. It's, it's not going to happen. They're going to have to put the ball in the end zone. So, you know, some of those old Ute offenses, Gordon, where they were so scared to, to throw the ball because they were scared to make a mistake. I mean, we saw a lot of 17-14 type of games, and I just don't think that's going to cut it for BYU next year. It's just not. They're, first of all, their defense the, isn't good enough to play like right, that. Right, right. Who was the quarterback that we used to laugh about who would throw the ball 10 yards out of bounds uh, rather than, you know, <laughs> risk any kind of pick? Travis was that Wilson. Travis? Yeah, because yeah, once, Travis. He threw, once he threw six interceptions against USC, the, the, the potential for that poor guy was severely <laughs> limited. Because from there on out, that guy played like he was scared to make a mistake. And, and he was still pretty good. He I, was don't, I don't mean he, to run him down. Games. He, he did. Won some, he did win some games for the years. That, that SC win was pretty big. But do you ever think we saw his true potential? I mean, was he even that? Was he that much better the day he left the University of Utah than the day he arrived? Uh, you know, that's a fascinating question. I'm not sure that he was. I'm not sure that he was either. And I think yeah. a lot of that was it was hey, don't screw this up for the defense. That was the instruction that he was given. Hey, Travis, guess what? Don't screw this up for the defense. And he went out and played like it a lot. And so, what that, you're saying, what you're saying, is it's worth it to turn the ball over a couple of times if you're going to play free football and uh, you're going to wing that thing around and you're not going to worry about those picks, huh? It it depends on who it is. If it's Brett Favre. Yeah, go out and sling it, Brett. If it's Ty Demmer, you bet. Go out and sling it. So what is you know what is Zach Wilson's potential? I just would hate to see him ground out of BYU, not getting to that potential because they were scared to let him throw. Yeah, I agree with that. And also, let's keep in mind what I said earlier is that so often the quarterback gets blamed for everything. And it's not always the quarterback's fault. Yeah. But if there's a pick, it's always, oh, what a dumb throw. How can he throw that? That's not always the case, man. There are guys out there who are at the receiving end who are making mistakes as well. And uh, the quarter, they always say the quarterback gets too much glory and too much blame. And I think that's true in, in this particular case. But I think last year, Zach was somewhat compromised some of the time. I'm not going to sweep the whole season under the rug and give him a free pass for some of those mistakes he made. But... I, I think he was compromised a little bit physically. I agree, and, and so maybe this time around he'll be a full go. And when you're when you're you know completely healthy physically, I think that probably sharpens your mind up a little bit too. Because when you you're hurt and you know you're hurt, that plays all kinds of tricks. All you got to do is delay a throw for you know a quarter of a second. And it makes all the difference in the world. All right. We want to remind you about our friend at our, uh, friends at RGS Exteriors. They will improve the curb appeal for your house with James Hardy Brickstone and Stucco Exteriors, along with soffit, fascia, and rain gutters. Check them out at RGS Utah Siding. 
Com. We'll have Chris Mannix at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Stay tuned for that. But coming up next, the latest matchup and results from our Moments of Mad- Madness bracket straight ahead on the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Five and twelve eighty, the zone. Chris Mannix joins the show coming up at the top of the four o'clock hour. But right now, it's time to uh, get to our next matchup in our best moments of madness bracket. Let's start with yesterday's matchup, which I I would assume was pretty one sided. But we'll get the results here, Gordo. Uh, yesterday's was, and I just brought up the wrong matchup. It was, of course, one seed Danny Ainge going up against uh, four seed Northern Iowa, the buzzer beater uh, against Tex- uh, Texas. Austin, the results were? 81.8% in favor of the coast-to-coast drive Elite Eight trip for BYU and Danny Ainge. Not a real shocker there, Gordo. No, uh, that's about the way we predicted it would go. However, you know, that other highlight was pretty darn exciting. Oh, yeah, a half-court buzzer-beating shot. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. amazing. Pretty Mm -hmm. amazing. All right, you ready for today's matchup? Let's hear it. Okay, we've got a two seed against a three seed, and I know which one I'm voting for, and it it should be obvious. But here's the two seed, Maryland, Baltimore County, over Virginia. This is stolen. What has happened to Virginia? Flustered because of this persistent performance. Sit back and watch history, folks. The NCAA tournament has been turned upside down. I mean, that obviously should win the whole thing, right, Gordo? (laughs) Well, take your personal biases out of the whole equation here, Jake. I think that should 100% uh, win it. All right, that's going up against three seed Loyola Chicago Sister Jeans Ramblers. Here they come. One timeout. They don't take it. In 33 years. Here comes the player of the year. The MPC rises. Oh, and the dream is alive. Loyola rambling on to the Sweet 16. Custer crossover. Kicks it. Towns for three. Game after game for the Ramblers. Somebody is hitting the big shot late. Loyola Chicago moving on to the Elite Eight. Loyola Chicago, three buzzer beaters in a row. Remember, Sister Jean, of course, became a symbol for that team. So both these uh, both these moments, Gordon, or series of moments in Loyola Chicago's case, uh, from uh, the 2018 tournament. So we'll that's see. A balance, that's a balanced match there, Jake. I know. What do you think? Uh, of course, we know I'm voting for Baltimore County, but uh, where are you at? And your, re- and your reason for that? Oh, my goodness. The Virginia being the first one seed of all time to lose in the first round? That was like the greatest moment of my life. It, it, <laughs> 
Hey, he's speaking like a Vatek fan now. The birth of your daughter, your marriage, and that. <laughs> and then that. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. In that, what order do they come Well, in? that's number one, obviously. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, they come back the next year and win the whole stupid thing. You know, great. Wahoo. That's because UMBC say. graduated everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, all right. So vote. All you have to do is go to the Twitter, uh, the Twitter handle at Zone Sports Net, and it's up there for you to vote. How many more? Uh, tomorrow's the end of round one. Okay. So tomorrow's the end of round the sweet one. Sweet 16 ends tomorrow. And we move into the Elite Eight where things should get a little more interesting. But this one, this one will be kind of fascinating to see. Who comes out on top? Because I, I don't think there's an obvious winner in this one. We Gora. have not had an upset yet, by we, the way. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. all the, the top seeds have won. Today might... Today A bracket might... after Gordon Monson's mind. Yeah, right. Chalk. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, they're, these are all good. I mean, all of them are good. It's not like there's a dog in the bunch. Well, I, I would hope so, considering we only selected 16 moments. So if we got some dog, you know, like 12-point win from a two-seed over a whatever, 15. Xavier beats Fordham, <laughs> yeah. 1986. However, well, that makes the fact that there hasn't been a, an upset yet that much more interesting. Yeah, fair because enough. You would, you would expect that to have happened. I'll be interested to to see it when we get some of our heavy hitters going going toe to toe. That'll be fascinating. Uh, so just just so our listeners know, is it the moment that carries the most weight, the significance of the moment, or is it the quality of the call? Is it the quality of the highlight? Is it the quality of the sound? I think that's up to the voter. I mean, is indeed you know when you're voting for uh, president Gordon, is it up to the color of his tie or what he's saying or, you know, in Richard Nixon v. John F. Kennedy's uh, case, uh, 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 Nixon sweat too much. You know, why do, why do people vote for anything? I don't know. Well, he was he was really didn't show good uh, decision making when he went with that gray suit in the debate on TV as opposed to the, the Natalie attired uh, JFK in the dark suit. Yeah, right. Why, why should why should that matter? Yet somehow it decided an election. <laughs> you think JFK was uh, was voted in because he looked better on TV? Well, then uh, that and he bribed the right people. But yeah, I mean, don't don't they look don't they look back at that election and talk about that turning point that Kennedy was more prepared for the television age? I mean, there's yes, been communication was, and, studies done on the whole thing, Gordon. Yeah, and Nixon was having flop sweat, like you mentioned. That's usually a problem. And he kind of didn't he fidget and and he he didn't he looked flustered where Kennedy looked all charismatic and well put together and nobody cared what either one of them was actually saying. They're like, boy, look at that <laughs> handsome Kennedy and look at that troll Nixon. And all of a sudden that decides an election. I mean, who knows why people vote for anything? So help me remember or I mean, not that you guys were paying close attention at the time it was happening but uh how old was kennedy when he was elected he was in his 40s right i want to say like 44 but i'm not sure man that's pretty young uh it is but he young. was a, he was a handsome man and he looked good in a suit so uh, and and uh, i don't know nixon he was kind of stumbling and bumbling around a little bit speaking personally, of uh, personally i would prefer actually listening to what's being said <laughs> That would be number one on my list as far as policy goes and whether I agree with those particular items. Even uh, if they're but, wearing a uh, Cookie Monster shirt, huh? 
<laughs> or sorry, excuse me, Oscar the Grouch. See, I, I decide all my votes. I go opposite of what uh, my uh, the previous generations did. I vote for the sweatiest candidate. If you're up there sweating bullets, you're my guy or gal. If it's just pouring off your forehead, I'm like, you know what? There's someone that really cares. When the heat who, is on. <laughs> who, who has been our most uh, most handsome uh, president? William Taft. Speaking of uh, handsome and charismatic, Chris Mannix joins us next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. The head coach of the University of Utah, Kyle Whittingham. Coach, help us understand what social distancing looks like right now for a college athlete. First of all, 95% of our players are home with their families. The campus is essentially shut down. The dorms are just about to close here. and There's only a handful of people in the dorms. And so it's definitely something that you know none of us have ever experienced as far as our coaches. you know We're staying out of the office for the most part. Now, that's not to say you can't come in and get things done. I spend some time in here and you know try to get as much as I can done from home but some things they got to do from the office. But it's just a matter of being smart and trying to uh, you know, adhere to the, the guidelines that have been set down. And the biggest deal right now is making sure each assistant coach is in tune and completely in contact constantly with their position groups. And that's the number one thing that's going on right now. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.